0: Greetings, Amigops and Top Teners everywhere. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I am joined this week, as I am every week, by our headphoned kombucha uh maroon maroon-sweatshirted, yellow-watch-banded co-host, Kyle. Kyle's looking happy, healthy. He was just telling me that he's coming out of this pandemic swoon, just like I am. We're all trying to come out the other end of this thing and to help really just turn that smoke into a little bit of fire. We're going to talk about a top 10 list. I actually know what this list is. I did no research. I did a little bit of primary research throughout the year, but uh, recently, nada. So Kyle and I are going to discuss this topic. We're going to debate it vigorously, maybe. And then by the end of this episode, we will have a definitive top 10 list of that thing.
1: So Kyle, let's tell the audience, what are we talking about? Thank you my fantastic co-host Michael for that fantastic introduction. I'm feeling good and part of the reason why is because it's time for the 2021 top I love doing this list each year. I think this is our fourth time doing it, which is kind of ludicrous. That's unbelievable. I know. It's kind of silly. Um but th- and
0: despite it's being the fourth time, I think we still have not settled on a uh a naming year convention. Like I have a feeling that we've
1: probably done the 20 like 19 oscars twice i i'll I'll go i'll (laughs) go back and look like it should be called the 2021 top screws because we're doing them in 2021 just like the actual oscars are but i suspect that in the past we've labeled it as the year of movies that we're talking about so this may end Mm. up being the 2020 top screws i don't know it definitely won't be 2019 yeah I think we can in 2022. So it's either I feel comfortable ruling both of those out. It's either the 2020 or the 2021 top scores for sure. Yeah. Yep. So we're down to the final two. Yeah. By this point, everyone knows the rules. The 20 or whatever year it is. The top scores are the best films of the year that were nominated for zero Oscars. So even if a movie was nominated for one technical Oscar, it is disqualified from this list. Everything else is fair game. Especially streaming movies Because that's pretty much all there was this year <laughs> Yeah, do you want to I would like to hear uh, Before we get into the actual body of the list
0: I want to hear Your experience of movies this year Like, would you say it was a good year For movies? Was it a good year For Kyle at the movies? Like, what
1: what did you think about this year? I would say, overall It was a bad year for me, movie-wise Yeah. yeah. But With some silver lining, so like my movie watching was very different this year. Like my in a normal year, you can count on me to see like 30 to 40 like new movies. Um yeah, solidly. As it's been proven on this list before. Right.
0: Like I'm I'm a good I'm good for a lot of movies and you have just stumped me on some of these.
1: Yeah, like I see a lot of movies and because I see a lot of them by myself, like if Leegius is not here for a night, like I watch a movie um either at home or I go to the theater by myself. And what I, I didn't realize that I was doing that, but until this year, I never had any nights to myself, um, which was a good, <laughs> none of us did, which was a good thing, but it meant that I like almost never was just like watching some weird, like obscure indie or like whatever, because yeah, and and I would pick movies together, which was awesome. Like I saw way more movies with the, this year than I normally do. Like we got through all the Marvel movies and we got through most of the Pixar movies and like almost every movie on this list i saw with her so like there's give and take to it but like you know it's I, I probably saw the same amount of movies i just wasn't seeing things new as much i would have to think about it i think the same is probably true for
0: me i think i wa i, I don't think i watched as many movies but i did watch a lot of movies that i had wanted to rewatch which was really nice like i mentioned you i watched seven the other day that's one that yeah. i have had on my list to re-watch for a long time but for the most part i'm like why would i rewatch that movie i'm gonna have plans to go see a movie or whatever
1: so that was a small silver lining precisely um yeah but i did manage to see 14 movies that came out in 2020 so we can make a list barely that is about the magic number yep the only thing that's is just about it. I uh, it was just 14. And rather than just like throw one, I have like my own special thing for honorable. So we just actually are going to have 11 on the list and then three not tops. Beautiful. So that's 14 non Oscar nominated new
0: movies, you're saying.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I saw several others that were nominated for Oscars. but Not that many. Actually. All right. Well, I think the people know the rules. I say we get into yeah, it. Yeah, we know the rules. Everyone knows the rules. Uh, yep. And they don't matter. Yeah, no, they don't matter. And uh, pr- as I've done in previous years, I will be giving each one, each movie, an Oscar award for, or a Top Score award for which I think they either actually deserve to be nominated for, or mm. at least were closest to deserving.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure you'll mention that, but that's kind of a fun thing to note as you go. Like, do you think this could have actually or should have
1: actually won, or is this, you know, you're finding a spot for it? Yeah. So. Number 11 is a movie called Extraction starring Chris Hemsworth. And oh, I didn't see this one, but I do know about this one. So the, the general premise is that <clears throat> Chris Hemsworth is a badass and he's oh. he a kid some like mafia goons kid gets kidnapped and they hire he's like ex special forces and they hire him to like get the kid back. Um what they hire him to? Mhm.
0: Extract the kid, Yeah, extract him. Exactly.
1: Yep. It's a good action movie. Um I think the the biggest draw here for me, anyways, was that it was Chris Hemsworth and it was the first movie that Joel and Anthony Russo did after they were done doing all the Avengers movies. Interesting, because they've quickly followed that on, right? There was that um Tom Holland movie that just came out. Exactly. So I think they're kind of like <laughs> taking advantage of the fact that they know all of these like a listers from the Marvel universe and who also not only are a listers, but happen to be quite talented. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Chris Hemsworth is really good in this movie. Yeah. And, um, like it, it feels like a Marvel movie in like good and bad ways. Like it feels like a, <laughs> an extended action scene from Marvel with like more guns, which is good and bad <laughs> in a lot of ways. But, uh, <laughs> it, it it's it's really, I tell, the award for this one is cinematography because it's really well shot. Like there are two to three really cool oners that are like two to three minute scenes that are shot in one, which when done in an action movie like this is really cool. It feels like you're playing like a really intense level of Call of Duty or something. Um, and they did some really cool tricks with some of like the chase scenes and and some stuff like that. So it's number 11 for a reason. It's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen, but if you want like an hour and a half of Chris Hemsworth in your life, you could do a lot worse. I think I'll probably watch this one. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, you get, it's exactly what you, there's no, there's no surprises here. You're going to get kind of what you expect from that billing and that premise, but for what it is, it's, I enjoyed it. So that one, uh, that one gets cinematography. I love it. Number 10 (laughs) is a movie called Underwater. Which is, uh, I was surprised in myself that I actually took the time to see it. Because it's not really my my bag. It's kind of a horror movie, which I usually don't really go for. And it's underwater, which I, like a cripple. Oh, this is the Kristen Stewart one. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. I saw the
0: trailer that looked
1: very scary. Yeah, like super scary. And I have like a pretty, pretty deep phobia of deep water. And so like... (laughs) same
0: i i think though if i had to choose i would rather i i actually think this as i'm saying it i think i would rather be under deep water than floating on top of deep water because at least when i'm down there i genuinely i'm assuming i got goggles on yeah and i'm you know appropriately pressurized um i can see what's coming to eat me whereas Above the water, just sitting there knowing my feet are floating out. That's that, like, I, I'm just thinking about this right now. It's kind of
1: my heart's starting to beat a little <laughs> Well, and there's less fear of drowning when you're underwater in these kinds of movies because you're so, like, padded yes. up. So also true. I agree. And, but the other thing that being underwater is it's very dark and you're kind of like, <laughs> and you're kind of like all padded up. So it feels like, it feels like you're in space, which. <laughs>
0: It's a good point.
1: Which Which is also scary. Yeah, but they took... So this movie... (laughs) I give them a lot of credit for saying, we're gonna do Alien, but underwater. That was
0: pretty clear from the trailer.
1: Yeah, like... And it's, like, it's really, really overt. Like, there's a couple of scenes that are just, like... Like, clearly just ripped straight from Alien. And it's like, okay, we get it. So, but for someone like me, who loves Alien... A- yeah and you know like is fine with like i'm just like following those beats like down to having like a strong female lead and like that like literally it's exactly the same thing like if you're if you're into that then you're going to enjoy underwater as i did this is one i w- i
0: i also haven't seen this one but i i did see the trailer for this one and i was kind of interested i
1: think Kristen Stewart should be in a lot more stuff i think she's a really excellent actress i completely agree she's really good in this one yeah. And uh, she kind of has to carry it, and she, she does pretty well. Uh, and then, you <laughs> know, who else is in it? Is that guy that Bourne beats the shit out of in the first movie in that, like, gray apartment? Vincent Cassel? I think that, yeah, that might be his name. He's like the... Uh, it is. It is Vincent Cassel. He kind of has a big part in this movie, and he's, like, pretty good. And uh, He's a good actor. Yeah. So, I'm going to give this one the top score for best visual effects, because... They, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like the, in a monster movie, so there's monsters in a monster movie (laughs) that, that was clear from the trailer. It's okay. In a monster movie, it's really important that your monster be scary and look cool. And they, they did a really good job with the design and it's like very, uh, obviously very heavily alien inspired, but also like with a twist of like Lovecraft in it. Like, it's very cool.
0: Well, it's it is funny you say that because that's a big part of why um, I think that Stranger Things season two it didn't work as well because you had revealed the monster and it just didn't look that good. Three, I felt like had a bounce back because your expectations then were low on the monster and it was like, all right, we're back to just the kids. But there's definitely a pretty strong relationship between how convincing the visual effects are, or or if if you're. Really clever about it, how much you can avoid visual effects. See, Super 8.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was number 10. Number 9 was a comedy called The Lovebirds, starring uh, Camille Nagiani and Issa Rae. Did you see this one? No. Yeah. Uh, two great people, though. Yes, really fantastic. I. Uh, this one came out pretty early in quarantine, like maybe April or so. And we... We're excited about it, and we watched it together. It's pretty formulaic as far as, like, this kind of movie goes. The basic premise is that, like, this couple gets dragged into, like, a an escalatingly, like, problematic scenario that, like, a normal couple wouldn't find themselves in. It's kind of like Game Night, or, like, like a lot of these... I was gonna say, this sounds like Date Night. Yeah, exactly. It's basically Date, like, Game Night, but... <laughs> It like goes in, like, some weird kind of, like, fun directions, it's funny, it's, a, you know, it's a rom-com kind of type thing, but I would say that what separates it from other movies of this type is that the two leads are so fun together, like, they're- So is this Buff Kumail? It was? I think it is, but, like, they, they like, go out of their way to make sure that you don't know that he is at this point. Okay. Like, I don't think he has any shirtless scenes. If he did, you would remember them. Yeah, for sure, at this point. Yeah. But yeah, uh, they're both good, and this one is worth going back for if you're looking for something fun in the 90-minute range that'll make you laugh. I was gonna say, I just just pulled it up, and
0: uh, the runtime is 87 minutes, which is the right runtime for
1: a film like this. Yep, precisely. Yeah. I'm gonna get... Oh, wow, interesting. This is directed by the same guy as The Big Sick i didn't realize that but that checks out yeah yeah interesting i'm gonna watch this one that's that's one i want to watch yeah it's good i would like to give Issa Rae the top score for best lead even though technically like this is the kind of role that would don't generally get you nominated for supporting the only reason i'm giving it to her and not to camille is because i already knew how great camille Najani was but i had not yeah, this is my introduction to Issa Ray, and she was really, really good. So, beautiful, no complaints here. That's one I, I'm gonna watch that one, good. that's for sure. Good, 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 good. Number eight, <laughs> surprised to see a, a Christmas movie this high up on the list. Number eight was a Christmas movie called Happiest Season. Did you see this one? I did. This was excellent. Um, it, I,
0: I'm curious who's gonna win or what will the award be here but I feel like I'm inclined to say it will be acting because the acting on this was so good. Uh, elevating like sort of intentionally schlocky kind of formulaic Christmas uh, into something really entertaining.
1: Yeah, that that's a really good way to put it. Cause I was kind of like not looking forward to watching this. Like I kind of don't really like this format for a movie generally like the the ensemble Christmas movie, like in my experience generally is not good, but I really like this. Like, if this was the Globes, we would be giving this best ensemble, because the cast is just fantastic. Although, as we found out this year, they'd only be giving it the Globes if uh, the production company had paid them. Well, yeah, that too. And we have not been paid by Happiest Season to to give them any awards.
0: Though, to be very clear, we are extremely open to that. Yeah. And we'll accept really... I don't want to set too low of a floor but close to
1: anything you're willing to give us the top top topscore spot is really open for anybody that's interested in it definitely open for business. no questions there so if anyone cares yeah yeah yeah, pay us please for real so but i can't give it best ensemble so i'm instead giving kristen stewart best supporting actress Oh well, this makes me happy after I already pitched how much I like Kristen Stewart. Yeah, I'm glad it was when you said that. I looked ahead on my list and I kind of smirked, not uh, visibly to tip you off, but inside I thought, "Great, we're going to be able to um, call back to this." I could have given this to any number of of people in the, like Aubrey Plaza was really good in a small role. She was really good in this. Um, obviously, uh, Dan Levy, of
0: course. Yes, he was. Mary Steenburgen but also i really like what's her name the uh the girl who was on um she's been in a lot of stuff she was in uh, new girl a little bit she's the one who had uh ferguson in
1: this movie the she's the good uh mary holland who does she play in this movie she plays the sister right? oh the good sister yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah she's great i thought she was really good yeah she's on just like an episode of um okay New girl.
0: She's in she's been in a bunch of stuff and she's hysterical. She was great. Um she was on Curb. And she and actually Dunstan. Remember Dunstan? No. Who's He was he was Winston's partner who gets uh who has a uh, sudden <laughs> loss of power in his hands. <laughs> yeah. He he and uh the actress, I think her name was Mary Holland. Um they are pregnant and Larry asks them what they're gonna name the baby, and they say Kwame, and Larry is like, well, what if the baby's white? And, and they're like, huh? And he's like, well, you know, you're black, you're white. The baby, like, who knows what color the baby's going to be? What if you've got a really light-skinned kid? You can't name the kid Kwame. And they have a whole thing. And then Larry asks them if they have a preference for which color the baby comes out. And the husband says, well, obviously, I want the kid to be black. And she loses her mind, gets so mad. They almost break up. It's amazing. <laughs> so I love her. I think she's she would have been like a contender. I think she's hysterical in this movie.
1: I, like I said, I could you could give this to award to pretty much anybody in this movie. Everybody does a good job. Um, it gets annoyingly kind of like Christmas movie-y at the end, but yeah,
0: but that's fine. It's like a superhero movie, you know. The last. 20 minutes are going to be dumb so you're in it for the first you know 60
1: to 80 precisely so that's happiest yeah. season.
0: that's that has become movies is for the most part is like i know i'm aware that my last 20 minutes are going to be garbage so i'm just in it for the first you know
1: bit yeah if you missed it this season you could catch it next christmas season i would say yeah i think so um so are there going to be uh is there going to be a
0: section here or no there will be a section here okay well
1: could you help us transport ourselves to that section i will need some help from our good friend kevin who needs to hit that stanky beat (laughs) thanks kev that was stanky thank you kevin really good
0: stuff from kevin thank you i am actually i've got a candle right here uh, i'm gonna just get some friction going and try to get it lit yeah clear out the stank it's wafting all Don't over let here let the stank
1: out <sighs> um i should point out at this point that this year is slightly unique because the oscars are being delayed they actually pushed back the date by which movies are eligible so the cutoff which is weird very weird <laughs> so normally uh the cutoff is like the last day of the year the calendar year but this year any movie released through february of 2021 is actually eligible for the 2021 oscars so so that that rule will come into play here uh because this one of these movies was released in uh in january I'll just, oh, it's the third one, so I'll say it now. Number three was, the, and I'll, I should say that, like, none of these movies are actually bad. Like, I actually kind of like them all for different reasons. They're just the three worst that I saw this year. So one of his, the last one is The Little Things, which was the Denzel and Rami Malek and Jared Leto kind of mystery thriller. Did you see this one? I did. Yeah. And I, I quite liked it. But it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a really good way to put it. I actually liked it a lot. Like, um, yeah, especially the ending. Like the yes. With did you know? I knew with some some advanced warning, yeah. and I was like yeah. really hoping they were going to do it, and then they did, and I was like... same
0: same. I would say I wasn't like halfway through the movie like, oh, this is what's going to happen, but I was like, I, this is. This is where this is going, but I really hope they don't puss out, and I'm glad they did. That was, t- I think they probably could have done some, something like four percent more subtle, yeah. but
1: yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, <laughs> my big takeaways from this are like one, I'm a little worried about Rami Malek because the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, "What the fuck is Freddie Mercury doing here?" Like, I just, I'm a little afraid of how he's gonna get away from that because. I sort of think he might not be a good actor
0: um i'm not sure i my dad my dad looked at me uh in a different movie and i will i will bring this around uh when we were watching tenet my dad leaned over at me and goes is denzel's kid a bad actor and i looked at him i was like yeah i think he's really bad And so we think he's terrible, and I thought he was terrible in Black Klansman, which is weird because I actually quite enjoyed both of those movies for different reasons. Black Klansman was better; like it was it, it well, it didn't swing it didn't swing for the fences quite the same way, so it didn't have the same degree of difficulty. But it 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 was really good. But he was bad, and I'm and I'm now certain of it. Like I needed a second movie to be sure, and I'm now sure. Again, not that. The world thinks this because clearly they don't agree with me. And for the most part, there is wisdom in the crowd. Sometimes you're you are actually right though, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. I think John David Washington stinks, and I sort of feel the same way watching Rami Malek. Like I think he was a really good mime of Freddie Mercury, but miming somebody doesn't make you a good actor. Like Frank Kelly Endo can mime John Madden. But he's not a good actor. And obviously we're talking about a little bit of a different skill set here. But I don't know. I think he was really bad
1: in this movie. He wasn't good. And like it didn't help that like he's, yeah. he's working against like a like almost entirely uninterested Denzel. And like 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 (laughs) suspiciously
0: uninterested denzel like like so so uninterested the whole movie at least i and sort of spoiler alert because like you're waiting for the part where denzel is like aha but whatever like something you're just waiting for the moment when something happens and it it doesn't which is weird so
1: worth watching i'll
0: give i will give him that
1: yeah so I don't know, I still, like I, like you said, I still liked it I still enjoyed watching it yeah. But, There's just like a lot of weird Weird stuff, and that's like, we didn't even talk about How weird Jared Leto is, so uh. Did we give, so are you giving These a, a specific Razzie, or Oh, I wasn't, but I can give Let's just give worst uh, Worst lead To Rami Malek, I think that's a good one I think it's probably Rami Malek But I think Denzel
0: does his Best <laughs> Um, Like, the, the thing is, to me, I think Rami Malik trying his hardest not to win a Razzie probably stands a better chance of winning a Razzie than Denzel trying his hardest to win that Razzie. Because hmm. I think no matter how hard he tries, he's still Denzel. Yeah, right. Like, a, his uh, floor but, is... Yeah, it's pretty high. But But he really tried his best to wipe the floor on this one. Yeah. He was not... I wouldn't even say... And we talked about Seven, and like, I the story of this movie's production is actually really interesting i think we might have talked about it on the pod i know we've talked about it off the pod but it's just it's basically like if morgan freeman had div- done the morgan freeman role in seven but not tried <laughs> yeah. it's like it's
1: just i don't know It's just weird so that's the little things uh yeah and then up next is wonder woman 1984 it, i amazingly didn't see it i because of the stupid hbo max thing yeah i it, it
0: i had it like nate my dad and i had a date like we we were gonna watch it at his office at my dad's office because he has a tv and so we like we got candy we got dinner we sat down and it was like this got taken off yesterday because it was
1: on hbo max for, for like whatever a month yeah. and then it
0: disappeared
1: yeah i don't know it's weird how that is gonna work i guess if that's how things go going forward you should go back and watch it yeah i'm going to i i
0: i loved 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 12 times loved wonder woman i know this one
1: from everybody i've heard including people i trust it's not as good but i just want to adequately prepare you because the things that are bad about it are the things that i think you specifically love so much about the first one in that Mm. like wonder woman in this movie is just like not really a badass anymore like she's just kind of like uh, she's just i don't know she's just they justice league her like they do what they did to her in justice league a little bit yeah kind of and like there's like there's there's a lot of parts of the movie that are actually really cool like 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 i don't know if you've seen any of the internet reaction to it but like chris pine is as amazing as you'd expect chris pine to be yeah and pedro pascal like actually deserves an oscar nomination like he's like He's awesome. He's completely unhinged in this movie, and it's and it's worth the price of admission for him alone. But like, but like Wonder Woman takes a back seat in this movie in like a really dumb way, and they also tried to do like a Superman Returns thing that like, just like doesn't work today. You know, like it 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 worked that where she's pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like it's it's no, it's just like campy. Like it's like it's it like picks weird places to be campy and dumb. In, like, a way that the first movie just wasn't at all. The first movie was so earnest.
0: Like, it doesn't really lend itself to campiness. I mean, obviously the premise is silly and all that stuff, but, like, the first movie, part of what was so enjoyable about it was that it took, uh, I know I'm trying to remember, I think he's supposed to be an Afghan, a a veteran of the Anglo-Afghan war, sharpshooter. A, like, dude from the Scottish Highlands. Yeah. A, a crashed American pilot and uh you know a Greek god. Like it takes that seriously, and obviously that's ridiculous, but that's what's so like lovable about that movie is that it doesn't make fun of that.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. This this movie has like a very different feel to it, and I would say it's a step back. But the Razzie for this one, I'll say <laughs> when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a visual effect near the end of the movie that is among the worst i've ever, like ever seen and i've seen a lot really? and i've seen a lot that's impressive i've seen a lot of movies like this where like <laughs> like it's it's hilarious it's like hilariously bad and like uh and a really does it relate to the cat thing or the jaguar
0: thing it does it does okay so just um be ready one quick thing before we move off of this you mentioned pedro pascal have we discussed that I think um, he looks like Hispanic Neil. <laughs> I'm really into that. Yeah. He's like he's he just reminds me a lot of him. They have like a similar head shape. Um, I'm looking at his Wikipedia photo right now, and I'm just all I'm seeing is Neil.
1: You're kind of right. If he had that like awesome mustache that he wears. Yeah, I'm going to ask him to do that. For, it's kind of funny you say that because I literally just yesterday was making that a similar comparison in my head because we were playing D&D and there's a character that Neil does because he's the dungeon master that is like basically like a he's basically meant to be the viper, like he's that kind of character. And so Neil was like not intentionally, but like kind of intentionally doing like a viper impression like when doing the voice for this character and like i was so i was thinking of neil like pretending to be the viper who is pedro pascal like weirdly that there's a lot of layers here that same comparison was happening in my head yesterday but not on a visual level like he was doing the voice which i really enjoyed wow thank you neil for all the joy you've brought to our lives yeah wonderful guy uh and then the this is the worst like the what probably the movie i least enjoyed watching this year was a movie called jingle jangle which i felt bad about not enjoying I'm sorry what was that jingle jangle okay okay which i felt bad about not enjoying because it was like i think what for the most part well received but it was just not for me it's a it's a christmas movie it's very very much for children um and so it was just kind of like dumb and like the way that christmas movies are this t- looks bad yeah it's dumb in the way that christmas movies are bad but also like worse because it's not even like happiest season oh wow this is tough i'm reading it. it's got an 89 percent
0: uh approval rating on rotten tomatoes yeah and and it says jingle jangle a christmas journey celebrates the yuletide season with a holiday adventure whose exuberant spirit is matched by its uplifting message wow
1: so i get it that's interesting i get it it's like i mean it's it's got a great cast like it's like it's like forrest whitaker and uh michael keegan key and uh, oh hugh hugh bonneville who's that
0: felicia rashad uh hugh bonneville is lord grantham from uh downton abbey oh yeah
1: yeah felicia rashad yep. from the cosby show yeah i mean it, ricky martin ricky martin does voice voice work in it it's like the wow. the components are there it's just like really dragged on and i'm pretty sure it's only yeah. like the problem is it's a musical and there are no songs in it that are like really catchy that like i, I this is so true like
0: in a musical everything can be right but if the music isn't good I, you kind of don't have anything but
1: it doesn't even need to be good all the way through it just needs to have like yeah and one well, you, you have to have your let it go like let it go exactly makes that movie exactly and I mean that score is actually pretty good otherwise, but like this yeah, movie this movie didn't even have like one like pillar to hang on to. It's why Frozen 2 is yeah. kind of meh. It's the same kind of thing. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Alright. Tough. So this was uh worst picture? Uh I would just I don't even know about I would just give it worst original score. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, let's get back into the good stuff. So I don't know if you saw this one or not. This one is called The Old Guard, starring Charlize oh yeah no also this is an also no but this was also a, a
0: want to watch and i i do expect that over the next couple weeks while i'm all
1: alone i will be knocking out several of these this is a good one for that so here's yeah. the pitch okay it's hancock but good
0: that's the perfect pitch right you did it so i will be watching
1: whatever what that is the, that it kyle <laughs> <laughs> blessings be upon you and your household that's a perfect pitch one of our biggest like complaints with hancock was that they introduced this like incredible idea of these figures that exist through time and like a long time and have just like seen like all of this cool stuff but then they like do nothing with that concept at all
0: no so this no, movie no, is nothing
1: so this movie wonders what if someone really had lived for the past 2000 years immortally like how would that affect their perspective on things and the old guard? Yeah. Is that uh So but what's also hilarious about it is that it's literally it's Charlize again. Like it's like take Charlize from Hancock and put her in this movie and uh she plays more or less the same character, but it's this group of immortal people that have been around for untold amount of time and they just like They die, but then they're, like, reborn. And so, like... And it it goes from there. And what's interesting is that, like... They kind of cycle. So, like, over... Eventually, at some point, like, one of them will die. But then another person, like, kind of enters the group. And so that's where... Interesting. That's where this movie starts. And, um... It... it, You know, I don't want to get too much into it. But it's, like, it's a... It's an action movie. With, like, a cool kind of lore and, like, a universe to be put into um which i really do we expect sequels yes and like i'm i'm into it like i'm really looking forward to whenever the old guard 2 comes out which is a pretty good endorsement for a movie like this um that's delightful i wonder if it will be one of those
0: ones where it could actually grow like if it if it's like a good first movie and then it's
1: a really good next one what i would like to see is like a sequel or two, and then I want like several prequel movies of like Charlies in the Middle Ages and like like that kind of thing. Um, well, that's what we pitch for Hancock. Exactly. So yeah, uh, if that if that premise is titillating to you, then the old guard will be something that you enjoy. The villain is Dudley, which. <laughs> um, i don't dudley dursley yeah and he's been in so much stuff and has been so good he was so good in the queen's gambit and he's pretty good in this yeah. too like i'm really glad that he's back in my life um the rest of the cast i didn't really recognize but they did a good job and it's uh it's good it's another one that's probably like less than two hours and was a lot of fun just and i really enjoyed it so and part of the part of the cool you know what i just said was like the the idea of like these people existing through time is explored in like a decent amount of detail, which means that there's a lot of flashback and they do a lot of really cool set pieces and some really cool costume design to make those scenes feel, feel real. And so I'm giving this the best top skirt for our uh, costume design. Beautiful. Yeah. That's a fun one. Here's one that's less fun. (laughs) but i movie i really liked so number six is a movie called the way back did you see this one with ben affleck no it's in
0: this was this was a direct casualty of the pandemic for me because if i remember correctly this came out in like march yeah so this was right when i was like oh boy this this is real and i'm not doing that so it also I'm
1: this one I'm fully willing to blame the pandemic. It's also it, it happened at a bad time because anything that came out like June or later they were like this is streaming and they like set it up like yes, and they were yes, exactly. Whereas this was like supposed to be released in theaters or like maybe even yeah. was and then it was just like fucked it was i believe and so then it was like they didn't have the infrastructure in place yet to just like make it a streaming movie and so i think this one probably is going to get lost to time a little bit i saw it the only only reason i saw it is because i saw it on an airplane like that's the way and this one was directed by the guy who directed uh warrior right uh i don't know i would buy that
0: if that turned out to be the case I think I remember hearing that because I, I think that was sort of what got me interested because you've seen Warrior, right? I haven't, actually. Oh, if well, if you like this Orion. and I'm right and I've got this right, then you should definitely see Warrior because that's a fantastic movie. Let's see. Gavin O'Connor. Just pretend that we're saying Stop. interesting stuff. Gavin O'Connor did Warrior. Yes. Okay. He also did Miracle. The Miracle, on which ice? I recently rewatched, and is uh, still fantastic. I love that movie. Uh, definitely see Warrior, and I will definitely see this. Okay,
1: we'll do that then. Um, what uh, What's happening with the award? Who do you think is getting an award? Ben Affleck is getting nominated for best actor in this one. It, it's here's the here's the premise. It's a a guy who's struggling with alcoholism, former high school basketball star is asked to coach his high school team, which since he played has fallen from its state championship level to be a bunch of ragtag kids with family problems. Of course, of course. So like you've seen this movie and you know what this movie is and yet you'll still really enjoy it. Partially, the, the, these movies don't work unless like two components. Like one is that the lead is someone you like, feel like you give a shit about. And the second is that the kids have to be really fucking great and lovable, which is not, like, that hard to do, like, I get, like, kids, for the most part, you're going to root for them no matter what, but the kids do a really good job in this movie, and Ben Affleck, really sells it, and added, like, this movie kind of has, like, an extra layer. I, I just, given how much mental health and, like, grief and despair have been, like, kind of on the forefront of our minds the last year or so, I thought this movie did a better job than most kind of addressing those parts of this character's kind of arc, because I think in a lot of these movies, it's kind of for more more or less kind of swept under the rug in pursuit of a fun ending that I don't want to, it's kind of spoily, but like I was, I'll just say that this movie to me, like does has a realistic portrayal of kind of what a person that had his side of experiences would behave like and how they would, you know, so I, I, I thought it was like a very realistic movie and I thought that Ben Affleck did a stellar job portraying it. So, Well, that's definitely the word on the street is that he was terrific in
0: this movie and that I think it draws on a lot of his real life struggles with alcoholism.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I know that Bill Simmons has said that he really felt like this could have gotten Ben Affleck an Oscar with a little bit more luck timing wise
1: and a little bit more just overall love for Ben Affleck. I think that he's absolutely right. Like it had this been released a few months later and had it been, you know, know, Ben Ben Affleck is like kind of a not polarizing figure, but he's got, he's got baggage when it comes to like award stuff. So I, I loved it. I'm, I've always really liked pretty much anything Ben Affleck's in. I have enjoyed And this was definitely no exception. I thought he did a really good job carrying this movie. Beautiful. All right. That was number six. Number five. This was a surprise. I don't even know how we heard of this movie. But, oh, we heard about it on Dax because he interviewed um, uh, Dave Franco. So, the movie is called The Rental. You've probably not heard of it. Um, it's Dave Franco's directorial debut, and I think he may have written it. Whoa. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Written written by Dave Franco. So, the premise is that these this guy and his wife and his coworker and his brother all go, they need a break and they get a like an Airbnb basically out mm-hmm. on a lake and uh, they're just going to have a nice weekend. And they obviously have a great weekend. And they have a lot of fun and they learn the true meaning of friendship and that's it. Um, yep. They show up and the guy that is like renting the house out to them is like, <laughs> like kind of a racist, and it like gets off to a sour. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> or maybe he's he's like he's just kind of a dick, and it like gets off to a sour note, and things kind of go from there as these things do, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it this is not usually my bag. Again, like kind of a it's it's more of a thriller than a horror movie, but it kind of follows some of the horror beats, um, but it's good. So it's Alison breeze is, is one of the leads who's married to Dave Franco, which I did not know until, um, Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So she's in it. You probably won't recognize any of the other people in it, but with that context, like knowing that it's a debut, like his writing and directorial debut, like I think flavored it for me appropriately. And it's a fun kind of modern twist on like this, this kind of, this kind of horror movie. And I, We saw this early on in the pandemic and we like had heard about it on Dax and like assumed that it probably wasn't going to be awesome and it ended up being a really fun watch. So I recommend it. Okay. Also, if you ever anticipate staying in an Airbnb again, just go into it with some caution. (laughs) So probably don't watch it shortly before re-entering that sort of world. Don't definitely don't watch it if you're like, away for a weekend and not in your own home (laughs) definitely don't (laughs) definitely do uh, do it's funny i was
0: i was telling you that i'm considering um going up to new hampshire for a little bit and my dad was like oh cool so uh where are you sleeping i was like oh yeah i will be commuting home each night uh i'm i can't sleep alone in that
1: place yep don't watch this alone at at, uh, your place in new hampshire (laughs) okay i'll do my best this one gets the top screw for best original screenplay. It's uh, nice. You go, Dave Franco. Congratulations! Yeah, congrats, Dave Franco. I'm being, I'm receiving this prestigious award, and not on
0: pissing your pants in uh, sixth grade. People don't forget. People don't forget.
1: No, we have certainly have not. No. Nope. All right. Number four is one that I absolutely loved and did not expect to love. Called Palm Springs. It was a Hulu film. Yeah. That was that was one of the first really big
0: ones of the streaming in COVID, I think.
1: 100%. Um, I, this is one of the first ones that I remember, like, it only coming out on streaming. And, like, I think we watched it over, we watched it late. Like, we watched it over Christmas, because we watched it at, no, no, no thanksgiving because we watched it at Alleges' house with her family <laughs> just like i'd heard that this was funny and i wanted to see it because I, I love andy sandberg and um we were like trying to like it's that thing where no one wants to pick a movie and i was like i was yep. like we're gonna watch palm springs i heard it was good and then the, like the very first scene or like one of the very first scene including is like a pretty raucous like oral sex thing and oh no and uh i was like shit like <laughs> god damn it tough hit <laughs> i was like fuck and then it, it evens out and i think overall everyone ended up really enjoying it but i was worried that i had steered us into like a dumb just like like yeah shitty kind of like sex movie but it wasn't thank god um wait did you, you did or you didn't see this one i did not see this one. oh okay well it's really i mean it's 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 the groundhog day can see. do you know the the premise at least Yeah. Right. So Andy Samberg is like, he's Bill Murray at this wedding and he just like keeps living this wedding over and over again. But the, the twist on Groundhog Day is like, what if there were other people that were doing the same thing as you? So is it, but it's not simultaneous?
0: Uh, it is. So like, basically. So like when I wake up and I'm redoing my day, Mm -hmm. that person is waking up and redoing their day at
1: the same time as me. Correct. Okay yeah so and it's a the person who he's doing it with later on in the movie is like ends up being a romantic interest but initially when the movie starts as one does it's him and another wedding guest that he like accidentally brings into it with him and so okay and that guy upon realizing what's happened gets really really mad as you would <laughs> Wait, did he bring him on purpose? He was really drunk and did it like on accident, on purpose. And so then, God. so then this guy is like, "Fuck you, man! You ruined my life." And then they, <laughs> so then they have like, a, it's not too spoilery to say. Then they have like a um, Robin Williams in Jumanji relationship with the the hunter, who he just like hates him and like is trying to fuck up his life now that like as revenge. And uh, okay, and the best part. The guy playing that character is J.K. Simmons. So, right. (laughs) Well, the best part about... Well, there's two good parts about that. One,
0: it's J.K. Simmons, who's amazing. But two, more importantly, it's his best friend.
1: Are they actually best friends?
0: No, come on. They're best... Remember uh, him and, of course, Hank Mardukas.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: (laughs) For those of you who don't know obscure I Love You Man references... (laughs) Uh, J.K. Simmons plays Paul Rudd and Andy Samberg's dad, and Andy Samberg is, his best friend is his dad, J.K.
1: Simmons. I totally forgot about that plot. <laughs> Come on, who's your best friend? Hank Mardukas. we worked together for 15 years, we call each other once a week. Tug. 100% Hank Mardukas. <laughs> Hank Mardukas. <laughs> oh. Hank Mardukas is one of my favorite characters in movie history, and I don't think you meet him. It's such a good top 10 list. Best off-screen... Top 10 off-screen characters. All right. Let's get... To- <laughs> we might have to scrub that part. Get to it. <laughs> let's get to work. Um, so anyways... Just write that down. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is so good in this movie that he gets the top score for best supporting actor. Um, I don't want to... Spo- I don't want to spoil it too much, but he brings like a level of gravity and um, like seriousness combined with hilarity to this movie that really grounds it in a way that movies like this really need um he's a re- he's a truly remarkable actor um in in that
0: he he really has this ability to just imbue a comedic performance with such pathos and vice versa like a a serious performance with humor like remember um remember when he gets fired in um up in the air oh my god like he's so funny in that scene that's so upsetting and dramatic and he just like walks that tightrope
1: so beautifully he's a legend i love him and he really really adds a lot to this movie that is great without him or is good without him but with him in it i think was maybe not great but was really good so yeah i like this one a lot beautiful Alright, so no honorables, we're going right to three. There there are a few honorables. So Oh, never mind. For right. honorables, I will do movies that were technically nominated for Oscars, but aren't like considered like big Oscar movies. And so we're we're disqualified from this list, but like are kind of in the spirit of this list. So two that were nominated for Best Animated Picture were two Pixar movies, Onward and Soul. Onward was good um i forgot onward happened what what was onward again it's the one with tom holland and chris pratt where they're like elves and oh they're like tr- oh yeah it was uh, i didn't see it it was okay it was fine uh i would put it on the pretty securely in like the bottom third of pixar movies i've seen
0: yeah. um
1: soul was i think everyone who's seen it knows like a really special pixar movie in a lot of ways and In addition to being nominated for uh, Best Animated, it was also nominated for Best Score, which if you haven't gone back and listened to the score, I highly recommend it because it's a cool mix of the stuff you remember, like the jazzy stuff, but also some like cool like new age, like Brian Eno kind of like wave stuff, which is really cool, especially when mixed with the jazz. It's really neat totally it, it's funny that was a
0: one that uh i was very surprised i wasn't looking for an oh yeah man you're so right when i texted our group like that i loved it but i didn't at all get the oh man you're so right i was i wasn't looking for that but i was expecting it yeah sure and it wasn't what i got i was a little surprised i thought there were some mixed reviews and i i i don't know i'm, I'm not sure i get it i i I guess I can get with that. It probably could have used some different conceits to get what it got, which is like guy who doesn't fully appreciate the beauty of the life he has, but that's sort of Pixar and that it's like this afterlife pre-life thing, probably a little more complicated than it needed to be. But I thought that, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I guess I'm just, I'm just trying to think of what the like substantive complaints would be about this movie because I thought the voice acting was stellar. I thought the animation was so cool because there were basically three different animations. There was the jazz stuff, the um, the space, <clears throat> like the space spirit world stuff, mm-hmm. and then the doodly space or doodly spirit world stuff. And I just thought, it, like, I thought the way
1: that that little doodle guy interacted with the environment that was, was so cool. That was amazing. The Terry stuff yeah, where he that was one like, of the coolest things. He would like like travel like in the mortar lines of like a brick wall and then like appear in a traffic light or like, it was so cool. Um, it was
0: painfully clever. And it also was just, I don't know. It was, it was cool because it felt, I don't know if I would go quite as so far as to say unapologetically black because I do think it did occasionally apologize for it. Cause it is still a Pixar movie. Right. <laughs> um, but I would say it mostly was unapologetically black. It felt like it was kind of exuberantly proud to be, different than the other pixar movies and to say like we have a different set of visual taste and auditory taste and like cultural norms that we're conveying and i like that like i said i think it a couple times it sort of was like eh, we got to make sure the white people like this but i thought for the most part it, it just felt different and and happy to be what it was which i liked
1: my only critique is not really a critique at all is that i i think i enjoyed it too much like and by that i mean I thought it was super cerebral and like I enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't enjoy it as a good kids movie. I just enjoyed it as a good movie. And I, yeah, like I think it missed its target audience a little bit. Cause I don't think a kid can be expected to understand the distinction between yeah. like your life's purpose and what you're, what you find meaning like that, like that, yeah. that is such a, it's a very fine, complex it's such
0: a, distinction, such a
1: complicated and like profound idea that I like couldn't believe that I was experiencing like while watching this movie and like the fact that i experienced that is like the best thing about that movie and also my only critique of it is that like you know, it's a good point you know I that's mean? one that doesn't it's they sometimes talk about
0: how well those movie balances movies balance sort of the kids and adult stuff that actually didn't balance it it was just an adult's movie right um which which is fine because i'm an adult and i was able to for the most part sort of Uh, conceptualize the things it was throwing at me, but it was complicated. And
1: also a good a very good reminder that Jamie Foxx should be in everything. Yeah. Oh. Please go listen to the score if you haven't. There's some great tracks that I don't think are in the movie that are just Jamie Foxx. And he's 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 so talented. God, he's amazing. He's a treat and he brings it in this movie. The last one I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about because I actually would like to do a podcast on this movie at some point is Tenet. Which yeah, I, I'll save my takes for it because there are many, and like I want to have a long discussion about this with you. Um, yeah, I gotta have to rewatch it. Well, th- I think I think that's actually the the access point, like the t- the tenant rewatch podcast, like the top ten things. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, like the top ten things we missed the first time, like that, like that kind of thing. Um, but this was nominated for production design and visual effects, which I think were obviously well deserved. Um, but and then we'll say we will discuss Tenet again at some point I think I think there should be an award
0: sort of to go back to the underwater thing we were talking about there should be some sort of award for best use of practical effects yeah. when other people would have used visual effects
1: award like that would be
0: an awesome one and obviously the playing scene would win
1: yes no question Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that one in more depth with you but for now we'll just leave it at that yep okay top three we'll bang these out these are some good movies the top three um i'm excited because i have four
0: on my list and i know you haven't seen two so oh, like cool we
1: got that's kind of fun so number three was the invisible man did you see this one nope so this came out like this is the this is the actual uh
0: ellison one right
1: yeah well Wait, sorry. Oh, no, this no, is... No, no. no, it's not. This is the Elizabeth, Ma- Elizabeth yeah. Moss, right? Yes.
0: No, I did not see this one.
1: Okay, so it's exactly what it sounds like. There's an invisible guy <laughs> tormenting this woman. And uh, I was a big fan of the Invisible Man when I was a kid. Like, the actual, like, short story. Um, and, like, weirdly, I was really into that. <laughs> and had seen the movie like i read i read it as like a collection of short stories and i was so into it my dad was like let's watch it and it like it's this cool old movie which i loved and so i was excited to see this um and it's it's been modernized in like the best possible way like it's no it's really not the same thing at all but it's been like it's been uh neil blumhoused in like <laughs> the best sense of that term that's a great way to put it and uh just and i just like couldn't believe how much we loved it we saw it so one and part of the reason that it sticks out so much for me is because this is like one of two movies i saw in theaters this year um which was fun like seeing this movie in theaters was a great experience like a classic movie going experience like why you want to go to the movies and we talked about it like the whole way home and we talked about it like a few days after that It was like that kind of what you want from going to see a movie so it was great this one this is one that i uh so i blamed
0: the way back on covid and i was right to do so this one i blame alex because not having alex around means i have nobody who would see this movie with me um caroline would potentially see this movie with me after i had seen it and could tell her that it wasn't going to be too scary for her. And like, oh, it's going to have social themes that you'll find interesting. Like the get out yeah. setup. That that I could, that would work with her.
1: But I have nobody who would go to the movies with me to see this. I That's like one of my favorite things about Allegis is like, this is the kind of movie I wouldn't have seen unless I had Allegis probably. Like she, this is like, she loves crime books about women like which like there's a billion of them now so it it makes sense but like the girl on the the girl in the the girl with the the... woman with the yeah so like in this case it's the woman with the invisible man (laughs) and (laughs) it's like so far up her alley she was like we're seeing this shit and we're seeing it in theaters and like it was as great as we hoped it would be so go back for this one it's it's uh good i'm giving this one the top score for best adapted screenplay oh wait that's a cool one yeah Elizabeth Moss is just doing her best Elizabeth Moss impression. Like, if you've watched any of uh, *Handmaid's Tale*, like you're not getting anything different here. But um, the the screenplay was good, especially because the original movie is nothing like this at all. <laughs> yeah, she
0: um she really is just a wonderful actress. She should. She's another person like Jamie Foxx who should be in everything.
1: Yeah, and at least an, I never saw. The one she was in, The Kitchen, with, um, it was, like, a gangster movie. It was, like, her and, like, two other women. Who was? Hold on. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. Doesn't that sound badass? It does sound badass. What, do you know what that is? What's What's it called? The Kitchen. The wives of New York gangsters in Hell's kitchen Kitchen in the 1970s continue to operate their husbands' rackets after they're locked up in prison. It has a 35 meta score, so maybe not very good, but I still kind of want to see it. That's not awesome. Not ideal. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it, but I saw the... Yeah. It did look good, too.
0: I thought that looked good. Yeah.
1: Anyways, that was number three, which brings us to number mm-hmm. two, which uh, in any other year, in a normal year where the COVID rules didn't fuck this up, this would have been number one for sure. We saw this probably in May, and it's a little weird because I think it had its, like, Technically, it was released in, like, a very limited capacity, like, not even in theaters in 2019, but then Amazon bought it and, like, re-released it in January, so I'm counting it. I don't really care. Um, That's fine. The movie is called The Vast of Night. I think it was on our movie weekend list. It was. We decided not to watch it because I think two of the group had seen it. Yes.
0: So... So I'm just going to watch this now. This this is like the first movie I'm going to watch when Caroline goes to California. You have to. Because this was this was like the top of my list. I I didn't tell you... It also wouldn't have been fair for me to tell you this because at the time we didn't know if we were doing Movie Weekend. But I didn't tell you in time, like, don't watch this, I want to watch this with you. Ah.
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm really glad that I had the movie experience that I did because Allegis and I watched it together. It would have been fun to see this together. You are going well i I don't, I don't know i don't know i don't want to s- it's it's so fucking good and it's it's there's like i could have given this i could have given this movie like any of the awards like i could have given it best actor best actress like the, the the two like kids that are kind of they're not kids like the two teens that are leading this movie are amazing i can't wait to see what they do next the the writing is just incredible the cinematography there's a couple of like amazing shots Um, it could have been nominated for best. I think like legitimately could have been nominated for best picture. The award I'm giving it is sound mixing, which sounds weird. And yeah, remind the people there's uh, and remind me uh, which one's which. So sound it's counterintuitive. So there's sound mixing and sound editing. Sound editing is exactly what it sounds like. It isn't. So sound editing is like (laughs) what you would give a movie. So it's like sound editing is collecting all the pieces that you need. Like, all of the sounds. Like, a movie like Star Wars gets yep. like gets this a lot because, like, to make the blaster noises and shit like that is so... Yeah. It's, like, such a wild process. That's sound yep. editing. Sound mixing is how you... Or, uh, sorry, sound mixing is how you then, like, layer it into a movie to create, like, the soundscape effect that you're experiencing yeah. as you watch the movie. So... I, I don't I don't i don't even want to discuss like what the movie is about because you should just go into it kind of like the... A... yeah because I don't i mean I, I i've seen the
0: trailer it's like people at a college or local uh, radio station and they hear stuff
1: that i that's like what I know okay so it's not a spoiler to say that sound is like a really really important part of this experience and it's extremely unique in a way that I haven't seen in another movie and it's just i can't i i can't say enough about this movie you're just gonna absolutely fucking like everyone should see this well i'm extra excited now because
0: see it's balanced it's, it's not scary right it's like sci-fi not but at not all. Scary. it's okay. like perfect
1: it's like it's like uh it's like et kind of you know like oh
0: perfect yeah so i'm gonna so i'm gonna watch that in new hampshire because there's no neighbors and if we got like i can turn the, the volume up and if it's like an uh, if it's an auditory experience it'll be nice to watch it because sometimes in our place we we live in a a, like a connected home and i feel a little awkward about really blasting the sound so it'd be nice to
1: have somewhere i can really blast it i i really can't wait to hear your reaction to this movie and now i just want to watch it again it's it's a very special movie experience that i recommend everyone uh see wonderful i think i must know what your number one is but maybe i don't number one is a movie that we saw together okay (laughs) uh we saw it over movie weekend and i'll say this is not meant to be a dig it's gonna sound like one it's it's Uh, oh 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 so so jameson uh, 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 yeah double high five
0: you'll see people you'll see you'll see
1: All shall be revealed. One of my favorite things about our friend Jameson is that he loves everything. Everything. Everything.
0: Literally everything. It's a wonderful thing. It's also a tough thing to keep up with. Yes.
1: So Jameson loves everything. And so when he recommended (laughs) this movie, as he's like, we should watch this this weekend. It was twofold. Part of me was like, absolutely, we're going to watch that. But like also, Jameson saying that he loved this movie doesn't actually mean anything to me. Because again he, it's tough he i had the same feeling i was like man i
0: i really i i'm excited that jameson's excited i want to make sure he feels like he's a true contributor to this weekend because we're welcoming some new people in and we want to make sure we're inclusive and give everybody a chance to have their movie also i bet this movie sucks because <laughs> jameson just loves everything and
1: especially just yes. like to get really specific
0: british thing yeah he's exactly and this is as british as british movies
1: get it's insanely british so it was one of those things where we thought it all maybe jameson just loves it because it's british and it's actually a trash movie yeah well here we are it's the number one movie on my top scores list it's called the dig which yeah is why it was funny that i said said, yeah it wasn't meant to be a dig so the the general premise is that this woman who lives in like a, a large property in the english countryside has these like weird mounds on her property, like these mounds of dirt. And she hires this guy to excavate them to see if there's anything in it. Cause they're clearly man-made. And so the idea is like, okay, can you excavate this? And we'll just see what's in there. Um, that's the general premise. And it's Carrie Mulligan plays this woman. And Ray Fine is, um, the guy that she hires to kind of do the excavating. This is a true story, or at least it's based on a true story. Um, in this, like, I realize how god awfully boring that sounds. Like this this just truly snoozelicious. Like this British movie, like super British movie about like this dude that just like in the what is it like the it's like World War II, right? So like 30s. Yeah. Like this yep. dude in like 1930s, like nowhere England is gonna like dig a like dig up a mound, like like snooze. Except Like you like it is table stakes. <laughs> that you know what the british
0: museum is to watch this movie like in order to watch this film you have to have some notion of the politics of the british museum system right
1: (laughs) (laughs) and yet here we are discussing it as something that i i maybe i misunderstand the rules i actually don't understand how this movie wasn't nominated for oscars like do i actually just have the wrong year no. So, well, maybe
0: I don't know about that. But what my my opinion of this is the Oscars have gotten themselves into trouble the last few years. They should have been getting themselves into trouble the whole time. Yes. For being very susceptible to Oscar bait and specifically like white people like fancy Oscar bait that turns out not to be that great. And They have so many times (laughs) nominated and awarded films that profile just like this one. Yeah. Undeservedly. And so I think they're really wary of nominating movies like this unless they have something about them that's so different and so spectacular. And I think that this one is just a victim of circumstance because I don't think it's fair to lump this film in with a lot of others that sound like it. I, I do understand the cliff notes version, like why you would say that it, it's, it is interesting. Like you look back in history and there's a lot of, a lot of movies like this that have won that shouldn't have. I think recently one example of one that did, that caused a lot of consternation that shouldn't have caused consternation. In my opinion is the King's speech. Yeah. Like the King's speech won, And a lot of people were like, ah, that's just an Oscar bait movie. That to me is a lot like the dig in that, it's it is an Oscar bait movie, but it, it's, it is an Oscar bait movie, but it's actually a great one. Yeah. Um, on balance, I'm glad that movies like this are getting less attention than kind of somewhat newer movies with a different take and all that stuff. But it is unfortunate that this one got thrown out with, you know, kind of as the baby with the bathwater. I think the reality of this is I, I it's funny, like Bill Simmons talks about this all the time and I'm completely stealing his idea. I think, in as much as like stodginess and snobbery and race have to do with the stupidity of what wins at the Oscars, I think short sightedness is really the biggest problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes, yes, the Academy is racist. There's just that's not even like a question. We don't even really have to debate it. It's obvious. It's it's very obvious. You just watch how many great <laughs> non white movies exist that just don't get nominated. So it's self evident. But I think more than anything, the Academy is really short-sighted, and really likes to pick movies that feel good and seem good at the time that just don't age. Yeah. So, and and, and I think
1: that this is a movie that actually will age well. It's just like, to me, we, we talked the next day. We were walking to get coffee, and we were talking about how, like, a movie that seems like its scope should be as wide as a pin head like as it went on just kind of like slowly expanded to like by the end like literally encompass like the entire universe like it was so profound and like the and the acting performances are 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 incredible top to bottom just perfection like real like literally perfect it's just amazing and like the the cinematography was moving and the the last like three or four minutes of the movie were just like I don't remember a three or four minute stretch <laughs> other than a couple of stretches in the vast of night that had me just so like enraptured by what I was like watching. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tear myself away from it. And I was like making me feel things that I don't often feel when watching movies. And um, we watched it twice. Like we, we, we rewound it cause it was just like so amazing. And I, I, I love this movie. I can't wait to watch it again soon with Allegis. Um Yeah completely agreed
0: i get it. i'm gonna rewatch it with caroline but one thing that i thought was really magnificent about this movie um which actually like i'm assuming this is gonna win best picture um but i think i would actually give it best editing because i think what i found so remarkable about this film was that it had such a great understanding of what what to focus on what mattered because i think in less capable hands this would have been a movie about the battle between ray fine and uh whatever bifer bofer the guy from um the missing and it was it was this amazing thing or, or about lily james and her husband and it was this really amazing thing where it emphasize those th- those things were appropriate but it didn't linger on them or use them to to manufacture drama instead it sort of showed you that thing it let you look at it for a little bit and then it said you know what that's not the story like the story isn't this petty squabble about jurisdiction over this boat it's about this guy With some some inherent thing that's noble and interesting and that we should care about, and whether he wins this little battle or not is is not the thing that this is about. And I just I was so blown away by that because there's a version of this movie that really stinks, and they made such
1: good storytelling and editing decisions to make it not that. It's so beautiful. It's it's so human focused. Like there's like a lot of different interactions that are being focused on, and like you're right, like that particular conflict isn't a particularly human one it's like an organizational one and so they kind of yeah it's there to provide structure but like in the way that they do this like they just emphasize like the like the human like kind of connections like between these people and these ancient people that like they're it's just such a i i just had like a really special experience watching it and i like kept thinking about it for a long time after seeing it and i highly recommend it to anybody looking for something good yeah completely totally agreed best picture i take it that's what i did
0: yeah yeah all right uh so we're running long so i'll just mention a couple things um two movies i didn't see but that as i was looking through i'm gonna definitely want to see uh uncle frank i want to say caroline may have seen that one uh hey caroline did you see uncle frank i don't know where she is um it's paul bettany i think it's like a, a road trip movie he's a gay uncle frank oh, and it's yeah. supposed to be really really good so i didn't see it but that's what i want to see and then the other one is let them all talk which i don't remember what that is but it's meryl streep directed by Steven Soderbergh with really good reviews so i don't know why i haven't seen that the three other ones i wanted to mention are king of staten island mm-hmm That was the uh, Judd Apatow movie with Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, Steve Buscemi. Uh, It was fantastic. And the woman, I can't, I don't remember her name. She's actually British, but she's playing a Long or a Staten Island girl. Um, She does a good job with the accent. It was, like all Judd Apatow movies, uh, like 6% self-indulgent and 20% too long. (laughs) But it was really, really good. In a lot of ways, it was really funny. It felt very sad and kind of just sweet at its core. And the acting performances were excellent all around. It was what you want out of a Judd Apatow movie. It had some flaws, but I really liked it. And I thought um, Bill Burr and Steve Buscemi especially were really excellent. And Marissa Tomei and Pete Davidson were really good too. So that was a really good one. Uh, Another one that I mentioned to you, uh, Devil All the Time. Ooh. so that one i was actually i mean i guess i wasn't surprised that it wasn't nominated for any oscars um but i do think in a different year i i could see it being nominated for something it had the cast was just extraordinary yeah. it was robert pattinson tom holland uh the scars guard kid who
1: plays oh,
0: yeah. um Pennywise, uh, Pennywise. bill scars guard it's no. yeah yes it is yeah. yep um it's sebastian stan mm-hmm. jason clark who i just adore as you know i'm like the weirdest jason <laughs> clark fan out there um cousin dudley oh really and yeah a couple others and um it was just it was un- unimaginably dark as this title would suggest and i know you read the book I I don't want to see the movie having read the book. <laughs> Understandable, but the movie, for folks who are not kind of scared away by having read the book and who just are interested in a like I, I, it was a weirdly 90s movie, but really cranked up on the darkness scale. Um, it's just like a very rambling sort of Southern Gothic ish tale of murder and deception and family intrigue and all that stuff. Of murder and
1: intrigue. It's it's exactly what it sounds like. It starts off with the devil and yeah. in the middle is more of the devil. And at the end yeah. it's the devil.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh I tell you what, like every time you're you get there's a lot of um like the camera sort of moves away, and you're like, "I wonder what happened," and you're like, "I bet it was bad." And then later, it's revealed what happened. You're like, "Oh, that was bad." Oh, worse than I. And then it happens thought. again. You're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that was a lot worse than I expected." Wow. Okay. But it was it was a really spectacular uh, little film. I I really liked that. Uh, and then the last one was um, Black Bear, which Caroline and I watched. It was our friend Aubrey Plaza nice uh it was this very odd little movie she plays an actress I'm just trying to yeah sorry she's a she's a director a former actress she's a director and she goes to this house to get away from it all uh and to work on her craft Uh and she ends up like getting closely entwined with this couple um that's got like a lot going on
1: in their lives, and it was really trippy and um I was gonna say it sounds like a black swan slash like midsummer type deal. Is that the correct vibe? Yeah less
0: it's not a horror movie, but it's Black Swan's actually not a bad comparison. That's that's kind of a good one. It's like weird psychological thriller but also kind of not it's you huh. you, you kind of have to see it it's a very unique movie unique is kind of the best word for it and Aubrey plaza is excellent okay okay um that was caroline and i really liked that movie one of the better ones i saw this year so with a shout out to uh april ludgate that's
1: that's how i want to end it cool so do you want to run back through your uh your top screws and then get out of here i sure do the only movie i'll mention that we shafted because it also got shafted at the actual Oscars is *The Bloods*. I think it only got one Oscar nomination. Oh, but
0: yeah, it was best. I just saw. I actually was looking at uh,
1: soundtrack. Yeah, like something. I don't know. Yeah, what.
0: That's a bullshit Oscar. I don't know who Spike Lee pissed off, but <laughs> like somebody. So that movie, that movie was interesting. Uh, it was like, I, I the movie really was very poorly constructed and edited but had amazing human intrigue and really excellent performances and was beautifully shot i just like i didn't understand the whole time i was watching like i don't know what i'm watching i know i like it but i'm not really sure who like structured this thing (laughs) but yes i still think it should have won i i would have probably nominated chadwick boseman i actually agreed i was listening to um Wesley Morris talking with Bill Simmons about the Oscars. Did you listen to that? Not that episode. You should. It was actually a really enjoyable episode because Wesley Morris is so much braver about being critical of movies than I am because he's much more confident in his, uh, obviously, um, movie criticism. And so he, like, casually will say, Oh, that was bad. And I'm like, Oh my God, I thought that was supposed to be good. Um, and he was saying that Delroy Lindo, he was like, I, he had raised a really good point that he's kind of going for PTSD. But the pitch for him to win the Oscar is that he's some sort of defensible MAGA uh, Vietnam, like black Vietnam vet. And it's a little tough to award him that and say like, what a great performance when he's just doing PTSD. So I might have skipped, which I thought was actually a really good point. Yeah. I might have uh, skipped out on Delroy Lindo, but still given one to either Chadwick Bozeman or um, um, why the hell can't I think of his name now? Because there were i think two guys from the wire in
1: that and i want to get their names right hold on oh Internet, jo- can... i didn't know jonathan majors was in this he's so good i don't think i know who that
0: is he was in uh
1: he was in the last black man in san francisco
0: oh yeah it was just oh amazing. yes okay clark clark peters or isaiah whitlock jr okay. um who are both excellent they were otis and melvin uh, I kind of adore both of them from The Wire. And I thought I, I actually think
1: either of them could have been nominated for the Oscar. But okay. that's the scoop. Okay. You want to run us through? Yeah, I'm going to finish this up. From 11 to 1, because I decided to do 11. Number 11 was Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth. Number 10, Underwater. Number 9, The Lovebirds. Number 8, Happiest Season. Number 7, The Old Guard. Number 6, The Way Back. Number 5, The Rental. Number four, Palm Springs. Number three, The Invisible Man. And the last two, which I would say are the two that you need to see off this list, if you're going to see any, are The Vast of Night at number two and The Dig at number one. And those, my friends, are the 2020 or 2021 Top Topscurs. Yeah, t- title to be determined later. Yeah.
0: Beautifully done. What What an episode and what a
1: tradition. This is truly wonderful. Thank you for participating again, Michael. I look forward to doing these again next year and hopefully having seen more movies uh, in theaters this time. Yeah, that's for sure. Also for the listeners, Cat uh, just jumped on me and yeah.
0: she definitely just uh, drank out of the toilet. I'm like pretty sure about Definitely. It. Good one, Kitty.
1: Cool. Alright. Uh, play us off, Johnny. What do you got? Time for thank yous. I will now thank Kevin McLeod who did our Not Top 3 music, which was Stanky. I will also thank my sister Erin, who did our artwork, which is Stanky in its own right. Don't forget to go on Design at Instagram to see more of her artistic stylings. That's it for my thank yous.
0: And I will thank the woman whose voice I can hear behind me right now, our social media coordinator, director, managing director, even my wife, Caroline Uh. Giuliano. Uh, You can check out her personal stuff on Instagram at Caroline Giuliano photos. I don't know what the handle is. I can't remember on Instagram. It's beautiful. Uh, And you can check out what she does for us on Instagram at top10km, that's 10 spelled out T-E-N. You can also check out the Facebook group that she occasionally does some stuff for. And you can, if you have some ideas, questions, comments, you want to tell us that uh, you really want some actual photos of Kyle's burgundy sweatshirt, you can let us know, uh, top10km at gmail.com with the 10 also spelled out T-E-N. And finally, Kyle. I'm sure folks are listening on some sort of podcast app, but if they're looking for another one, they can check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, the Apple Podcast app, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. So, Kyle, I think we can put a tie a little bow on the 20... Mm,
1: topkers I think you're right, Mike. That was a lot of fun. I will see you soon. Peace. Peace.